0: Welcome to the Catholic Café, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today.
1: Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drazimski
0: Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Café. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Café. Sitting here with Tom Dorian. Hello, sidekick. How you doing? I'm well. Aren't you? I'm doing great. That and sounded I, weird. I, um, no, it's not weird. You didn't. No, it's you the donut. You said, well, you know what? You should stop chewing before we actually start recording. Yes. But you know what? We all slip up in it's life. A, That's why a, they have confession. It's a, it's a new donut. I haven't had this one. <laughs> it's very good. I, I'm not going to ask you what kind of Thank donut it you. is. Thank you. I
2: don't want my mom to know what I'm eating. Exactly.
0: Right now. It, I mean, whatever it is, it's or my healthy. wife. Speaking of healthy, we're going to talk we about go. we're going to talk about um, something that's going to be healthy for our church.
2: I know it's a special day today.
0: That's right. We're going to talk about we have a we have a another guest from Renewal Ministries. Special guest. Us. That's right, and it's Pete Burak. Did I pronounce that right, Burak?
2: You did actually. That, that was very very good. Most right. of the time we get Burak, and and <laughs> lately <laughs> it's been Barack. Do you,
0: you have a Buick, Burak? <laughs> yeah, Yes. Right. So uh, so Pete Burak is uh, he a uh,
2: Bur- Burak? <laughs> now you made me question how I say your name. It's like Burr. And then ACK. Burr-ACK. Right, there you go. Burr-ACK. All right. Well, Pete, we'll just call you Pete. That, How about that, that? That works, yeah. All right.
0: So Pete is here with Renewal Ministries, and we're going to talk about a, a program that you guys, you're the director of ID 916. That's correct. And people think, well, is this some kind of strange scientific experiment <laughs> right. that's going on? And maybe some people might, after hearing this, will think it is. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, we'll talk Everybody's about- Googling right now. Specifically what <laughs> that ministry is and what you guys are doing sure. uh, in a second. We'll just tell everybody it's- Young adult focus, 20s to right. 30s, is, is what we're looking at here in the church. But maybe we should talk about first why there is an ID 916, why even you exist, you know, at Renewal Ministries. Why sure. Renewal Ministries thought this was some, an outreach that needed to happen.
2: Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great topic. Because
0: yeah. a lot of people might think that there's a little bit of a crisis with our youths in the church, <laughs> right? The young adults, and of course we can we can say that young uh, young folks span a large, you right. know, we, we got our, our little kids and uh, in catechism class, and of course we've got our high schoolers, and we've got people who are in college, and we have people who are sort of in between yeah. having their big family, and uh, a house, and a mortgage, mm-hmm. and all mm-hmm. that stuff, and... Yeah. you know where people might think well you're established and set in between that and college maybe that's that little section we want to talk about 20s to 30s
2: kind of a yeah kind of a group yeah. of people and even though some of those people like have a mortgage and have a family like i you know well, I, just, I just started, bought a right? house yeah so well, congratulations yeah thank you it's, it's pretty exciting <laughs> did you wake
0: up stay up all night thinking about that when you were like what do we just do
2: uh, that yeah no i almost vomited when <laughs> yeah. we first when the when the mortgage person called me and said you got the house i was like holy smokes you know, yeah I, really i'm not ready for this <laughs> Be careful what you ask <laughs> for me. yeah right so We'll talk about actually some yeah. of those things that
0: might cause consternation sure, amongst young, sure. young people. But yeah. that age group,
2: uh, do you find that there's uh, uh, So what's going on with us yeah, is really exactly. what's going where, on. Where, you know, where, exactly. You're looking at the millennial generation in you know 20s and 30s. And to be honest with you, the reason ID 916 exists is we were looking at the church and we recognized that there were some good high school ministries, some good college ministries. But there just seemed to be this gap those post-graduates who, you know, they come from college, they're starting to families, they're tr- starting their jobs, they're trying to figure out their place in the world, and they're entering into these parishes and they're saying, maybe they're entering into the parish, right? and uh, and they're saying, okay, who speaks my language, who, who understands me, right? right? And what we're looking at, and if you look at some of the stats, I don't want to list off a ton of stats about our generation, but some of them that are very striking are less than 10% of our generation of Catholics Self-professed Catholics go to Mass on a weekly basis, mm. less than 10%. right? Then you look at some of the social issues and how many, very, very few of us, like in the 10% range, even believe what the Church teaches on some of these fundamental core issues. And what we're really looking at is what Pope Benedict describes as a crisis of discipleship. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, this demographic... Um, And we're not trying to place blame on the older generation, but this demographic has not been discipled, has Mm -hmm. not been led, has not been formed in what it really means to be human what it really means to be a person and what it means to be a disciple and even if you did blame
0: the older generation the reality is this group of people are soon to become the older generation right, right. And, and that's going to be an even greater crisis for the church Absolutely. when the
2: when all of the generations are lost exactly yeah right. and, we're, and we're just we're, we're walking in the in the dark you know mm-hmm. and uh we we don't know who we are we don't know what we're made for we're we're held captive by relativism you know it's like suddenly we're trying to decide everything for ourselves and making our own platter of what looks good and what sounds good and we're we're afraid of authority one of the biggest things we find in um, young adults is just this distrust for anyone who it seems to be imposing any sort of worldview on mm. on us so whether it's the president of the United States, whether it's uh, you know a college football coach, whether it's the priest, it seems like everybody tends to let us down. You know We have big hopes right. for them. They, they propose all these things that we want to follow, and then our generation finds that everybody has clay feet. And it, hmm. it's disheartening. And what's happening is we're becoming increasingly cynical of any sort of authority. And the only way you can be discipled is if at some point you submit yourself to authority and Mm -hmm. you allow yourself to be discipled. And so recognizing, uh, that most of my generation is very, uh, scared of that. Mm -hmm. We're working on trying to help them understand that there's only one person who doesn't have clay feet. There's only one person that is always faithful, always true that you can put, push all your chips in for. And that's Jesus. Right. Mm. Amen. That sounds great. And you know, it's interesting that you would say that, that maybe that, that
0: generation, your generation might distrust authority. And, you know, a lot of times, it maybe it's because the, the authority has let them down a little bit. And I wonder, sometimes, I, you know, I, I, I've heard this several times and I've talked to groups like this where I get feedback. And one, one kid came up to me and said, you know, I really appreciate you telling me the truth, by the way, and yeah. not like backing down from it and i wasn't out there beating anybody over the head with uh, this is a mortal sin you're going to go to hell if you die with a mortal sin at the same time <laughs> there's a truth in the church right sure. there's truth of what, there's consequences to our actions and if you don't hear about those consequences and i was amazed and he was, he said to me that you know what young people want today they just want to know the truth they want black and white they don't want all this gray where well right. i don't know for you and we see this sort of like uh, floating truth out there and that yeah. that uh, moral relativism is rampant, right? Uh, and and we and you get so much information on the internet, which is great. The internet, man. When I was growing up, we didn't have an internet, right? You know, I had three channels on the television, you know? <laughs> and and I know that makes me sound ancient, but the reality is there's so much uh, there's so much out there, yeah. Which makes it sometimes it's a blessing, but sometimes it's time it's cursed because there's so many different thoughts and ideas, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so many things that are like telling young people, ah, you don't want to believe this this is a crock right. you know and maybe there's some of the cynicism that comes yeah from that thing but do you find that young people are just eager to have something to hold on to
2: yeah well what what you find when relativism leads to a very shallow existence and it, because you know it's a fraud really in a certain sense you know you're the one who's deciding all in your it all resides in you and if if everything resides just in your own head well, you know you're flawed, and you know you don't have all the answers. Yeah, so but it's fun for a while. It is fun <laughs> for a while. Oh, it's very fun for a while. And And to be honest with you, it's very hard to argue against for many people when they're still in that fun for a while stage. And then what do you
0: see, you see their life unravels at a right, certain point. Right,
2: right. And who do they fall back on? Yeah. And what are they really living for? And and all of a sudden, they're failing in one area, and they can't keep all the balls in the air, and all of a sudden, it just seems to be falling apart. And so, if you're
0: looking for something rock solid, you, you mentioned, you know, it's Jesus. That's right. the only answer. Right,
2: right, right. right. But
0: that's, that's kind of a, it's a hard sell sometimes. Not that we have to sell Christ, but the reality is some people aren't listening.
2: And the, and the thing that we we find that's successful in selling is... Is not so much the church, and, and I'll explain what I mean by that, sure. but really selling the relationship with Jesus yeah. in love, you know, inviting someone to actually meet him and, and to look them in the eye and say that you're loved, that you have value, mm-hmm. that you can have peace and joy and freedom. A lot of people put up a very strong facade of, I've got it all together, right. I'm having a great time. Are you kidding me? Why would I want to change my life? I got a, I'm having a great time. And yet what we found when we are talking with young adults is when you can actually kind of work in those cracks a little bit, and you can have a conversation in love. And maybe it takes 50 conversations, you know, mm-hmm. with 25 different people talking to this person. But as you just keep loving them, as you keep working with them, eventually, as the masks come off, there's brokenness, because we're all broken, right? Mm-hmm. We, all right. Have, we all have those areas that need to be healed. And so when you're able to then finally, say, invite them into a, a loving relationship with their Lord, who can heal them, who can, who can actually give them true life, then you lead them into the church in the fullness of the church and the right. sacraments and all those other wonderful things that Christ gave us. But it really starts with the selling point is not necessarily like, here are the rules of the church and this is going to make you happy. You right. know? It's more of like, Hey, have you met Jesus? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes.
0: and That's the, that's the gift. Uh, I guess the beauty is to realize it is a gift. Right. right? It's, it's, you're not actually having to sell anything because the price has already been paid. It, it's free. Right. Jesus is free. Right? And people, again, the cynical society say, well, what's this going to cost me? Right. What do I have to sign up for? What do I have to uh, obligate myself to? And you start seeing this, and, and, and sometimes people will push back saying, I don't want, and, and, and distrust salesmen.
2: Right, right, right. So obviously we're not selling. No, we're we're talking from personal experience, Yeah. right? You can't give what you uh, don't have. You know, you can't give away something you haven't first experienced. And so mm-hmm. one of the things that we're working with with these young adults is to grow them in holiness, grow them in relationship with the Lord so that when they go out and actually open their mouth and speak the name of Jesus, they have something to talk about. You know, there's, there's something very powerful about looking into somebody's eyes and saying, like, I've met the Lord. I know this is true because I've met him and i love him and i and i've experienced his love that's very hard hard to argue against you know right. i've i've had one one gal one time i said that to her and she goes well that's not true and i was like who do you who are you to tell me that it's <laughs> not true you know this is something yeah. i've experienced it's very hard to argue against somebody's experience right. you can you certainly talk about science and all these different they can come up with a thousand different arguments right. but when push comes to shove are you really going to tell me that i haven't experienced that like are you really going to say that i haven't met the lord and that and that's a very dynamic moment there where <laughs> It's kind of like, oh, well, well, I guess I'm, I'm going to either have to believe you're a liar or I'm going to have to take you for your word. And then that, that causes a decision point. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. And I, I will say this also. We've talked about this,
0: this group, 20s to 30s. Yeah. And, you know, they're at a time in their life and there's a lot of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about what some of the obstacles are. Why, why is it hard to engage this group? It's not just the fact that it's the teaching of the church or or our ability to express the truth to them. Sometimes they're not receptive because of all the other stuff that's going on in their lives.
2: Yeah, yeah. You
0: know, what's going on with that age group?
2: Well, it's an intel- uh, incredibly um, transient time. You know, a lot of times you're moving home after college, you're getting a new job, maybe you're engaged in new relationships, and maybe you're newly married, maybe you have a new kid, maybe you're, like, you're buying a house. There's just so many changes happening in that 20s and 30s realm. And and, and that's tough, and that's a, that's a reality, but it's actually really good, too. You know, there's a good part about growing up and, and digging. You know, developing roots, and so a lot of these changes are actually wonderful things. And so part of what we're doing in helping young adults is not to, like, you know, stop that but to encourage that, but to give them little tools to do it in the Lord and give them help them to discern what their vocation is and help them to discern when it's time to have kids and all, all the wonderful things that the Lord's calling us to just to do it with Jesus, right, is really what we're talking about. The biggest obstacle, though, we found is uh, what I call like an incredible fear of commitment. Oh, yeah. Not just religious commitment, but just commitment to anything I don't want to sign up oh my gosh can I just show up if I want to Exactly. I want the
0: freedom to not go
2: yeah what if (laughs) something better comes up (laughs) what if I get a call that you know they're going to this movie man I'd much rather do that but I I can't be committed to anything I mean the (laughs) I I love kind of referring to us as like the maybe generation generation (laughs) maybe yeah I'll maybe maybe I'll do it well total commitment would be probably Right, <laughs> exactly. That's a good step. You're like, oh, probably. That, I'm uh, almost all in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm almost on. Yeah, I'll probably be there. <laughs> yeah. Well, what does that mean? You know, how yeah. can, are you going to be there? Or are you not going to be there? You know, and um, so helping young adults recognize that that's actually an incredibly destructive mentality, and actually a great lie of the devil, a great work of the devil, to help us be non-committal. By being non-committal, we don't really grow, you know, and, and we we don't put roots down and we don't commit to a long-term relationship and we how can we even be discipled if we're not willing to commit to even just one of my verses
0: in the bible you know jesus said in your lukewarmness oh gosh i
2: vomit you forth i spit you
0: out i don't want you if you can't make a decision yeah yeah you know so committing he to something yes is or no hot or cold yeah i right. want
2: something isn't that terrifying too in a certain sense it is that that, that verse really convicts me every time i hear well
0: speaking it. of that and being terrified we're going to take a break <laughs> so so that folks are like do I want to tune back in <laughs> part, but part two will be much better we got answers to all these problems which will be beautiful but before we do that I want to remind folks at home we have a great website www.decatholiccafe.com also please send me an email love to hear from you Deacon Jeff at dcatholiccafe.com and with that please promise me to come back and see us
1: I'm Bess and this is another great moment in church history. St. Monica is a North African saint who has inspired millions of Catholics to pray and hope for their family members who have fallen away from or who have never even approached the Church of Christ. She was married at an early age to a man of her parents choosing. Her spouse was a pagan man with a secure income and an exalted position within the community. Unfortunately, he lacked integrity and basic virtue. He was unfaithful to their marital vows and abusive. A biographer of St. Monica's wrote, She knew, she saw, but she kept quiet and suffered in silence. She prayed and probably wept, but realized that the religion of the pagans condoned great moral degradation. Like so many women of her time, she had nowhere in the world to turn. So instead, she turned heavenward, to the help of the Almighty. And help he did. St. Monica was so well known for her deep inner peace and holiness that she began to counsel other women who had unfaithful and wayward husbands. Because of her great witness to the love of Christ in her own life, her husband eventually renounced sin and became a Christian. He died soon after his conversion and left St. Monica with her children. One of her children was the famous St. Augustine of Hippo, who had completely renounced the Christian faith of his upbringing and was living a dissolute life. The saintly woman prayed, encouraged, and pleaded with her son, like any good mother is apt to do. She followed him from their home in North Africa to Rome, and finally to Milan. Saint Monica prayed to God on her son's behalf for many, many years. She never lost hope, and she never stopped praying. After many turbulent years in the lives of both St. Monica and St. Augustine, her prayers were answered. St. Augustine is now one of the greatest and most revered fathers and doctors of the Church. Many of our stories are not as dramatic as St. Monica's or St. Augustine's, but we can all learn from her persistence and filial love. Family and friends have left or avoided the loving arms of the church for many and various reasons, but they all come back for the same reason, the experience of Christ's powerful love. St. Monica is a great witness to this love of Jesus Christ. Her persistence and gentle patience are a roadmap for our own lives and conversions. St. Monica's feast day is August 27th. I'm Bester Zimski and this has been another great moment in church history.
0: Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. Deacon Jeff here sitting with Pete Burak. And Pete, you know, we're just talking about all these young folks. And some people might get the idea that maybe, you know, I... I'm not that old, but I'm in my 50s, and uh, someone <laughs> might think, well, that's old, and what is he talking about all the young people, and thinking about this disgruntled group of sort of lackadaisical people that don't care about anything. And the, rea- the reality is young people, especially the 20s and 30s,
2: are passionate, though, aren't they? Yeah. They do seek Yeah, something. absolutely. We want to be passionate. It just seems like every time we are passionate about something, we're leapt down by it, and yet there's still that hunger within us to make a difference you know to to really invest ourselves in something to work really hard even if it's just the idol of money people still can, will go all out for that idol because they want to be a part of something bigger look at like sports teams or you know college stadiums mm-hmm. on a saturday uh, you got all these students who are just beside themselves over this team why because they want to be a part of something bigger they, they that that that's inside true. them they want to be part of a community they want to feel like they're they're in this together even though they have pretty much no impact on the field <laughs> they they want they want to believe that they do right and that's that's an intrinsic part of humanity. It's not always
0: frivolous things too. though. I mean, right. the, the young people are very committed, involved in all kinds of charities Absolutely. and all kinds of uh, missions to sort of go out and change the world. And it's amazing how many young people just make a decision to, like, well, I'm going to be a vegan. You know? Right, right. And it's like, well, that, I'm, I'm glad. Why? I don't know. I just want to, you know, I'm going to change my life and do something different and support this. And people have causes, and sometimes they just have, they just want to do something that makes them feel like they're part of something big.
2: Well, even look at like the the health movement, you know. Like like some of the the triathlons and the mud runs and the, the, the mud, mm-hmm. tough mudders and all these different things, which are all really cool and really good. But part of that's just like I'm a part of something. You know, right. I'm going to train for this, and then I'm going to do it, and I'm going to be a part of a community that does this together. And they, there's that hole inside them that longs for acceptance, for understanding, to be known. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a huge thing for young adults is we want to be known, and yet we keep throwing up walls that say we don't want to be known. And yet the fact is we are just dying to be known, to be accepted, and to be called to something greater than ourselves you know those 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 fundamentals of life what are we made for where are we going you know what's the point of life we want to answer those questions and yet we're just tend to be very cynical and kind of push very hard uh and require whoever's doing the pushing to just be persistent to be loving and to to just keep going you know and it's beautiful
0: yeah. to know that that the person of Jesus Jesus Christ is who can kind of push through those barriers oh, yeah, yeah right? he does the work right absolutely <laughs> it's it's awesome to be a part of that so tell us about this ID916 what that means where that yep. comes from Absolutely. Uh, first of all ID and 916, help me understand that name.
2: Yeah, yeah. So it's an outreach of Renewal Ministries dedicated to helping young adults become uh, intentional disciples of Jesus Christ.
0: And we're Christ. focused on 20s and 30s. 20s and,
2: 20s and 30s. And so our name, uh, the ID stands for our Identity is to be an intentional disciple. And what we mean by that is intentional being we're making a conscious decision to follow the Lord. We're not accidentally trying to get into the kingdom of God. We're not getting into the kingdom of God through osmosis, but we're making a conscious decision to follow the Lord. And then disciple, um, that's pretty much what the whole program is about, is helping young adults understand what it means to be a disciple, casting the vision of what that means, and then giving them practical tools to become a disciple of Jesus Christ. And then the 916 comes from 1 Corinthians 916, and it's a verse that was really given to us by the Lord as we prayed about what he wanted to do. And uh, the the part that really resonated with us is at the end of the verse, St. Paul says, Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. Let's read
0: the whole verse. If I preach the gospel, it gives me no ground for boasting, for necessity is laid upon me, Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel.
2: That's scary. That's a mm-hmm. strong words, right? Is scary. And what re- what resonated with us was, yeah, that, that is scary. Well, but it's a challenge. What St. Paul's saying is, preaching the gospel is not something extra that he did as a disciple, but intrinsic to who he was as a disciple. He literally said, "Woe to me! A necessity has been laid upon me." He he by encountering the Lord by dropping his nets by saying yes to Jesus, he was taking on this incredible task of not only following the Lord by himself. But sharing that with others, you know, it's, it's the more we come to know the Lord, the more we fall in love with him, the more we have to share him. You know, where he calls us. That's what the Great Commission is all about. Right. Go make disciples of all nations. So this I this identity of
0: being an intentional disciple. Right. Right. And, and going out and preaching the gospel, doing what God calls you to do. Is this great um, ministry at Renewal Ministries? But what do you actually do?
2: Yeah, that's that's a great question. Well, to simplify it, maybe on a still a theoretical realm, and then we'll talk practically. But it's two words really: uh, grow and go. What I mean by that is we're trying to help young adults grow. In holiness, you know, respond to the universal call to holiness, which is growing in love of God and love of neighbor. As we grow in love of God, we grow in love of neighbor. And it just fuels, that's, that's the part that Catholics really like in a certain sense is that grow part. And we love it. It's the sacraments. It's personal prayer time. It's, it's all of those things that help us grow. And at the same time, then, we're also called to respond to the Great Commission, like I said, which is to go, to go make disciples. So we're helping young adults grow and then we're hoping to send them out so they go. And it's not something that we do kind of one and then the other so much as it's, it's supposed to be done at the same time. We want to grow with the Lord. And as we grow with the Lord, he's going to give us opportunities to share him and to make disciples. And as we share him and we open our mouths, we realize, holy smokes, we need to continue to grow. We need to have more to yeah. give away. you know. So we empty ourselves, and then he fills us back up. And then we empty ourselves. And as we do that, we actually move somewhere together. That's beautiful. Now, do you have um, an established program or, yeah. or a methodology
0: that are you working on it now, developing it, or how? where's that at?
2: Yeah, so the goal is to create tools and a structure that a parish could implement that would actually help them grow and, and go their disciples, oh, there right? You go. And uh, it's a very simple model, and the, the idea being the, we wanted to make it simple so that young adults would actually do it. You know, so that they could see that they would fit into their well, lives. Well, that fear of commitment again. Exactly, and that's a real feel. We want to attend
0: these 642 <laughs> sessions, <laughs> right, yeah. and you will be all prepared. Yeah. It's like, well,
2: I gotta make Yeah, that. sign over your firstborn, and yeah. then, you, then you can be a <laughs> disciple, right? So um, it's really two parts. The first part is um, what we call our monthly disciples night, and at these disciples nights, we come together, we have mass, uh, we share a meal together, and then we hear a talk on what it means to be a disciple. And at these monthly uh, disciples nights, we grow in fellowship, we grow in community, we grow in understanding of what, what it means. And it just kind of, it's the foundational piece. And it, like you said, it's only once a month. It's not not too, not too much. And then the other part that really, where the rubber meets the road in my mind, is uh, the small groups. The, the discipleship groups is what we call them, the men's and women's discipleship groups. And these meet on a more regular basis. And the goal with these groups is to take what you're learning at, at the disciples' nights, take what you're learning from the parish and all the different things and personalize it be more transparent with other men or women, and then actually work through some discipleship material that we're in the process of producing that would take you on the foundations of what it means to be a disciple. It's not supposed to be so much catechesis. It's right. definitely not supposed to be RCIA or anything like that. It's supposed to be implemented into a parish where it, it's one piece that a pastor or a lay leader would have in their quiver. We like to think of an arrow in the quiver mm-hmm. that they can fire to, to target these young adults that can be built upon with things like Theology on Tap and you know and soccer clubs and all the wonderful things that a parish service opportunities, all the wonderful things a parish can offer that we are, have no interest in providing because that's not our job. Our job is to provide tools to actually reach the young adults in this very specific realm of discipleship. And evangelization. You talk about these small d- groups, and, and
0: that's really uh, that's an important concept that a lot of people mm-hmm. don't realize just the value, just the sense of community, but the, the value of friendship, Absolutely. the value of of small groups, um, and how important they are. Tom and I have been doing our Cursia reunion group for it's been close to twenty years. It's wow. like eighteen years we've been grouping yep. on Thursday nights, yeah. right? Yeah. And 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 the whole thing is, I, I look back at that and and I think I don't care what the program is, but if you get together with between four and eight or whatever like-minded um, if it's men or women you know we're going to separate and kind of sit and talk about the issues that, where were you closest to Christ that week where were you yeah. what were the challenges in your life and sometimes just to talk about stuff that's going on how powerful that is yeah
2: oh and to pray together yeah. and and like i said speaking to be known you know to have a place where you're really known where your life is in the light you know, so often, especially with men, there's so many areas of our lives that we keep in the darkness that we're ashamed of, and that, that's destruct- destructive for our, our relationships, for our marriage. There's so many areas of our life that could easily stay in the dark. These discipleship groups are opportunities to bring them into the light, but not to just hold our, each other's hands and, you know, cry on each other's shoulder, to, to to do that, but then to also work through discipleship material that helps them to grow as a disciple, at the same time, doing it arm-in-arm with your buddies on both sides. Well,
0: Pete, we really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us about ID916. We wish you the best and we pray thank for you. you guys. You're the, the, this is an important ministry. Yeah. Man, our 20s you. to 30s. We don't want the future of our church to be sort of like in this sort of vague uh, grayness that yeah. the world can so easily fall into. Yeah. Uh, and and you guys are helping with that. If someone wants to know more about it, they can go to either renewalministries.net or you have got a website www.id916.com. That's right. Easy enough to remember. ID916. Very Pete, good. thanks a bunch for being here. Thank you so much. Tell you what, to close, we're going to close in prayer. And you know, people need to be reminded that we all have a mother. Mary is our mother, mm-hmm. right? And in our young people, our old people, everyone needs to realize how much Mary loves us and how she wants to lead us to Jesus. And so let's pray that she would uh, take us into her protective, her loving, nurturing uh, mantle. We'll pray the Hail Mary. In the Father, in the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Hail Mary, full Hail of grace, the Lord is with, the Lord is with thee. thee. Blessed art thou amen. among amen. women, amen. and blessed is, is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother, Mother of God, pray for, for us sinners now and at the hour, hour of our birth. death. Amen. Amen. In the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to Deacon Jeff at theCatholicCafe.com.